Hello and welcome back to the Point 99 podcast. I hope that you've all been doing fantastically during the intermission between the seasons. I know I have, but we'll get around to why I've been doing fantastically in just a bit. As nice and refreshing as the break has been, or at least as refreshing as a break can be while you're still plowing through what is arguably the toughest stretch of marathon training, I am so glad to be back with season three. Much to some listeners' disappointment, there wasn't a mid-season bonus episode this time around. Personally, I didn't think I could top how episode 10 went and even season two as a whole. Each guest was truly amazing and worthy of my praise and thanks for joining me. It was overall our best bits throughout the season, if you ask me. So if you're joining me as a new listener for season three, I can only encourage you to maybe dip your toe back and check out how that season went. Before I get lost in catching you up with the happenings since season two ended, let's roll out the red carpet and get on with the intro. The Point 99 podcast is a running podcast made by runners for runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. I am honestly so happy to be back, but I do also hope that you've been doing great during this season's intermission. I've been keeping a track on Instagram and quietly cheering everybody on during the multitude of events that have taken place since season two drew to a close. Previous and future guests, as well as the 99 Club of Elite Listener Royalty alike, have been absolutely smashing at events, personal records and generally giving any event they take part in their all. There are perhaps too many events to name and also individuals. Uh, So I'm going to forgo any disappointment by forgetting anyone or any events like I did in season one and two. And maybe just mention some of the events such as the Great North Run, the Great Scottish Run, the Scottish Half Marathon, the Linlithgow 10k and the Baxter's Loch Ness Marathon Festival, the 5k, the 10k and the full Loch Ness Monster. I know there are a lot of other events that have slipped my mind and even as I say that I'm thinking of the Cardiff Half Marathon. So no matter what you got up to during the season intermission, I hope you smashed it. I hope you're flying high with how you got on, your personal achievements and just generally loving life. For myself, event-wise, I absolutely blew one out of the water but there'll be more on that in just a minute. Uh, Before I get to that, however, I just want to cover something that I was covering in season two as much as possible with the guests. And it's the importance of mental health care and looking after yourself. So I took a little bit of a break from social media during the intermission just to recharge my batteries and centre myself. It was 
definitely something that everyone should do or at least practice from time to time, especially when life as a whole is trying to beat you down and not to mention like everyone has busy work schedules and other things going on in their life. Before anyone starts to worry, I'm all good. It was planned and I've got some fantastic friends amongst the podcast and my own followers who checked in to make sure I was doing well. All I can say is make sure that you also practice good mental health. Look after yourself, check in with yourself, take stock and give yourself time to relax. On to what I've been getting up to during the break and the event that I kind of alluded to absolutely smashing. As much as I've been relaxing and taking time for myself, my family and kind of maybe prioritising some fairly spicy projects at work, I've also been absolutely destroying some personal records and getting some solid sessions in on the road to Amsterdam. It's exactly a week to the day until I fly to the Netherlands and finish the countdown in the country itself. I'm simultaneously absolutely messing myself, but I'm really looking forward to the whole thing. If it wasn't for generic travel and accommodation concerns looming in the back of my mind, I'd 100% be ready to rock and roll. But yeah, there's always doubts, there's always worries that the accommodation might fall through, the flight times might change, the flights might get cancelled, touch wood, none of that will happen. Um, but yeah, they're just the normal sort of worries that you have whenever you go anywhere, whether it's for an event or whether it's on holiday. Marathon training wise, it has been really, really good. I've been feeling super strong throughout the full block actually, but also during the intermission. I did do my longest run of the programme it's a program that I've written myself while also following the Run Kaizen app, but I got my 32 kilometer session done. I felt really good actually. I took it nice and steady. I used Voom Nutrition. I used Active Root just to get my hydration, to get my nutrition state at the top form that I could. And yeah, cruised along. When I came to the end, Previous guest Patrick Watkins did point out from my Strava that the last like two kilometers, I, I just picked up my uh, my heels, my knees and just kind of floored it home a little bit. I just felt in such a good place and I can only keep my fingers crossed and hope that that's the same feeling that I have in Amsterdam. I have been in the last few days looking at the route, looking at what is ahead of me. I didn't want to do it too far in advance and maybe get ahead of myself, but I've been looking, as I say, recently. And it could be one of these events where the distance just falls past you. You don't notice the first kilometre, second kilometre, first mile, second mile. They just they should hopefully just disappear. And that's exactly what happened at the weekend. Uh, again, I'm going to get to that in a moment. Uh, I'll cover why in a second. But uh, yeah, just generally, Amsterdam is looking really good. I'm feeling great. So hopefully that can continue for just another couple of weeks until the finish line is in the background and well behind me. During the intermission, however, I did upgrade my footwear. I knew that I needed a new pair of running shoes. I've got a few different pairs now that they're great and all, 
Um, they get me from A to B. They help me do my sessions. I've got ones that help me slow down and do the nice easy sessions. I've got a pair that they're, they're absolutely rockets when I do use them correctly, but they're also prone to helping me injure myself. And then I've got a couple of pairs that maybe just don't work quite so well. So I thought I needed another pair as the kilometers were racking up on some of the models. And uh, yeah, I had a, a good shout from one of the running community in his stories. The tip, of course, came from the one and only Ian Does Outdoor Stuff. For anyone who doesn't follow Ian, you might not know that he's an absolute guru and fond of all knowledge when it comes to running shoes and just running gear as a whole. He always seems to have his finger on the pulse when it comes to the hottest offers and where you can snap up a bargain. And as I was looking for a pair of shoes, I was on different websites. I was about to hit purchase on a pair of Brooks Hyperion Max after having a good old chat with our friend Patrick Watkins. And he was kind of waxing lyrical about how good they are for him. Just a Hyperion as well. I saw a message uh, or at least a story on Ian's profile of a nice little treat in the form of the Nike Vaporfly 2s that were 30% off on a particular website. So yeah, the price between the Hyperion uh, Max and the Vaporfly 2, uh, sorry, when they were on offer was very, very similar. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take the leap of faith here. Everyone talks about how a super shoe can dramatically transform your running and I bought myself a lovely pair of bright orange podcast colours, uh, Vaporfly 2s. And uh, yeah, I think the rest has been history effectively. It's been it's been a absolute whirlwind the past couple of weeks. From the first outing, kind of breaking in the Vaporfly 2s, I tried to take it as easy as possible. For anyone that's maybe worn a super shoe or a carbon plated shoe, they are so light, they are so comfortable. The, the the cushioning, it just makes running an absolute dream. And not to say that on the, any of the other models of shoe that I have don't make running really enjoyable, but it just takes it to a kind of another level. It takes you up another few steps. So run one, just a, a nice pleasant 5K was planned, maybe, maybe 8K maximum. And uh, I went and broke my 5k PR, which I've been trying for some time to do. And I'd, I maybe had broken it a couple of days before by a couple of seconds. And that was in a, one of my pair of Brooks shoes. But then putting on the Nike Vaporfly 2, went out, just took it easy. It felt so relaxing. I didn't really give it my all. And I know I've got a lot left in the tank, but I broke my 5k by like 70 seconds. Bearing in mind, the PR that I just broken in the Brooks shoes, I felt like I was going to pass out. I felt like I'd given it my all. But in this absolute godsend of a pair of shoes, the Nike Vaporfly 2, 
I felt like I could go even faster. Uh, it could just be maybe I wasn't feeling so great on my first attempt. It does go down to a, a whole number of reasons. We all know that as runners that sometimes you just don't get enough sleep. You don't get enough nutrition. You don't get enough proteins, no matter what it is. There could be any number of reasons, but yeah, I felt like I was on top of the world. I couldn't stop smiling. I had to walk a lot of the distance home just because I was that ecstatic about how I performed and getting a sub 20 um, was just, it was just amazing. It's such an amazing feeling. And that's where I sit today at 5k with a 19 minutes, 41 second personal record. That was my goal for a long time was to get sub 20. I didn't think I was going to do it this side of the year. I thought it might be uh, a mission for 2024, kind of focus on trying to get my marathon PB and get that kind of ticked off. But no, um, it's it's below 20. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Um, Runner Man Steve was in the DM saying, right, mate, we're going to we're going to try get sub 19 together now. But uh, as much as I, I think I've got a lot more in the tank, uh, I'm not going to like like do myself in trying to, to push us up 19 at the moment. I'm just going to continue to work away, chip away. And uh, if it comes, it comes. But uh, that was the first of a couple of PRs achieved during the intermission. Then come the next run out. I decided to do a slightly longer run because I had the Baxter's 10k at the weekend and I wanted to make sure I was in good 10k shape. So once again, I put on the Nike Vaporfly 2s and I took myself out for a 12 kilometer run. It's one of my normal runs. It's got a good bit of elevation, a bit of climbing, and then you you drip, you kind of dip down, climb up, dip down. So it's a bit of a roller coaster of a route. And once again, I beat my personal record for 10k again it was only by um, I think I was about 20 seconds maybe maybe that is maximum I'm not 100% sure and uh, the reason why I'm not 100% sure is because at the weekend at the Baxters I did go and um, I think it'd be fair to say demolish my 10k PB Come Sunday and race day, I was lucky enough to line up on the start line with a lovely couple who I seem to bump into at all these events at the moment. They're local to me, um, but um, yeah, John and Roz, they are phenomenal older couple. They are so nice. They're full of all the best information and they, they really do make you believe in yourself. But they've, they've been at the Inverness Half Marathon this year with me. They've been at the Loch Ness 24 running as the mixed duo couple, which they finished second in. And then, yeah, I was lining up on the Baxter's Loch Ness 10K start line with John and Roz. John and Roz both follow me on Strava. They knew how my training's been going and they were both so complimentary about my physical form, just my fitness as a whole and how my training's been going. That maybe 15, 20 minutes of chatting to them, they they kind of instilled this confidence in me. They're like, you're, you're going to do this time, you're going to do this time. This is just at the 10K, but also at the marathon, we believe you're going to do this. And I just came away from that start line feeling like I was on top of the world. There's people there with that confidence in me. I know I've got the confidence myself, but they, they had full belief and it felt so nice. So 
Before the start guy went off, John turned to me and he said, I think you've got a 43 minute 10k in you today. My PB before that was, I think, 45 minutes, 10, maybe 12 seconds ish. Very close to getting sub 45. And that was my goal to get sub 45. So I kind of... um. I kept track of where John was because I knew that he's a 43-minute 10K runner. So as soon as the start gun went, I tried to keep John in my sights. You know, he's in his 50s, I'm in my 30s, and this guy just absolutely blows me out of the water every time. And as we were going, he was just pulling away and pulling away and pulling away. And at one point, I lost sight of him. Not to, to forget, he's a tiny wee man, so he's kind of, he's lost in the crowd of heads. But even that, there wasn't a big crowd of people. I quickly realised that I was quite close to the front of the 10k pack and I was only passing people. Nobody were nobody was passing me. The kilometres were ticking over at a fantastic pace. The Nikes were helping me feel so, so energised. At no point did I feel tired, even when I finished. Now, I finished with a quite strong like sprint finish. And even then after maybe a second of feeling a little bit puffed because of the exertion that I'd done in that last 100 metres, I could have gone again. I could have upped my pace. Um, but like I say, when we came to the last kilometre, I'd found John again and I was right on his heels. As I try to do, though, when you see someone you know or even other runners that are struggling and they've given it their all, you cheer them on, you shout them on, you get behind them. And that's what I was doing. I said, come on, John, you can do this. Lift your heels, lift your knees. You need to finish ahead of me. You've carried me. You've been the guy I've been looking for the whole run. Get going. And it's the same for there was some Aberdeen and Edinburgh runners around me. I could tell because they said it on their bibs um, and they were... They kind of just looked at me as a bit strange, but then they realised we're so close to the finish, let's go. And all these guys were like sprinting. And I decided I wasn't going to do anything that would potentially adversely affect my my Amsterdam marathon. Uh, I didn't want to injure myself. I was just taking it easy. And so far it had felt easy. Um, but as you do when you encourage people, you think, actually, I'm going to hammer it as well. So that's what I did. I lifted my heels. I lifted my knees. And I cruised this sprint. Now, looking back at the photos, I look like a weird dinosaur running. It's so odd. I don't like the race photos. But I lifted my knees and I just cruised past them all. And John just looked at me. And I, I think he said a few choice words. He definitely did at the end. But I cruised through. And I'm so, so glad that I did. Because not only did I absolutely demolish my personal record, um, I took a whole four minutes off of it and now sitting at 41 minutes and seven seconds according to Strava um, and the Garmin app. The event itself says 41.22 but I, I, as events are there's sometimes just a little bit longer but then also the way the GPS works. So I'm going with the, the Strava in this case 41.07 so very very close to getting a sub 41. And at that, John came across the line, said his choice words, congratulated me and just, again, instilled a level of confidence in me that was way and above of what I believed myself. Um, it was a phenomenal feeling. It was truly, truly um, amazing to, to, to know that I finished that 10K. I took four minutes off my personal record 
and I felt like I could go again. I felt like I could smash even more time off it. But then the Baxter's Loch Ness 10K is a, is a personal record course. It's where some of the elites from all over, not only, not only Scotland, but the UK come to because it is a PB course. Same as the Avi Moore Half Marathon and 10K, which is this weekend coming. Uh, what was it? Tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow or Sunday. Um, that is also a PB course. But yeah, I, I felt so ecstatic knowing that I'd done that. I, I couldn't stop smiling. And then I got myself home. I did some socialising with some amazing people. Um, I'll mention some names in a second, but I took myself home. I got myself in a nice relaxing bath and I loaded up the stats for the whole event. And out of 1,517 finishers from the 10K, I was 98th. That was bananas to me to think that I was in the top 100. Now, if I hadn't encouraged John, if I hadn't encouraged these other runners at the end and then taken off myself, because I passed a number of people at that last 100 metres, I would have been outside the top 100. But to then be top 100, smash my PB, be top 50 in my age category and... I think out of the gender category as well, I was like 75th. It was mind-blowing. Even now, I'm just, I'm blown away by by that whole thing. From, from coming from where I've come from, from I'm st- I still see myself as a normal average runner and that's what I am. But that performance and the effort that I went to there, I know that I could step up again. I, I'm never going to be an elite athlete, but I could certainly be getting up there with some really amazing club runners not the elites as i say but some really amazing club runners so yeah i'm flying high on the roads to amsterdam knowing that i've smashed the 5k pr i've smashed the 10k not just smashed the 10k i've demolished the 10k so yeah fingers crossed all goes well for a week on sunday But on that note, I will have a very special guest for episode two. And in fact, episode three, we'll get round to that and who they are at the end of the episode. Um, But before I get on to today's guest, and I've already mentioned the name within the quite lengthy intro at the moment, we're sitting at 22 minutes. Uh, I just want to shout out the amazing individuals that I met up with at the Baxter's Loch Ness Marathon Festival. As you might expect, or for those in the know, the cult that came before the cult were there. I got the pleasure of spending time with the amazing Lee, Control Alta Lee, and his wife, who were taking part in the 5k race. We also were joined by Carl Orm and Muriel Dempsey. They were both taking part in the marathon, and for Muriel having had a quite significant foot injury she did so well she looked in so much pain coming across the line but she was amazing as always and the same with Carl if anyone was following Carl's stories they will know that he went through a similar um, situation as I had with this year's Edinburgh Marathon albeit he had uh, an issue from both top to tail Uh, I've no idea how he got to the end he looked drained but he was still in very high spirits so mega congratulations to both of the cult before the cult members 
In addition, however, we were joined by Special 86, Steph, who took part in the 10K. I did see her at the start line uh, and I had a message from her. It was absolutely tipping down rain until maybe five minutes before the race started and she was hiding in her car. She wasn't sure she wanted to, to kind of take part, but here she was near the back. She gave me a a kind of very shy, uh, reserved wave because you could see she was nervous about the whole thing. And in reality, she maybe started a bit too far back, um, but she did amazingly as well. And it was great to spend time with her waiting for one of her friends to finish, but also waiting for the the man who we were all so happy to see come across the line. That was Alex underscore runs and stuff. I have mentioned Alex's name in the past and that was his first marathon. We did start to worry uh, quite a bit. He had a target time in mind and the target time went by and there was no sign of him. Um, we started to worry that maybe maybe something had happened, but he just, um, he got caught up in, in the whole thing, maybe gone off a little bit too fast, but he still looked really, really good by the end. He came, he came through the kind of finishing tunnel, having picked up his goodies and he had us as Instagrammers on one side shouting his name and then he had his family on the other and he just stood there. He looked at the ground and like, where do I go? And um, sorry, family, he came to the Instagrammers and he made them come to us, but it was great. We, we had a great little catch up, saw how we felt. And like I say, he did phenomenally well, as with everybody uh, who took part in the whole event. It was great to meet everyone. And uh, in fact, I'm meeting up with a number of them today. Actually, when the podcast comes out, I will be on my way to meet a number of the individuals and we'll be taking part in a park run tomorrow uh, on the Saturday the 7th because we have the uh, amazing and previous guest Patrick Watkins in the country. He's taking the time to come over from the States. So it would be very rude of us not to kind of give some time and meet the chap himself. So that'll be a great weekend. But overall, last weekend and the break as a whole has been amazing. Um, so hopefully you all equally had amazing times during the interval. Uh, let me know how your how your interval time went and I will add in some messages in the next episode. Finally, just before we get on to this week's guest, I want to make a mention to a lovely individual at the Baxter's Loch Ness Marathon Festival who was on the bus back to the 10k start line so we could pick up our cars. I unfortunately didn't get her name or her user handle from Instagram but as I got on the bus, I had the podcast t-shirt on, which was maybe a bit of a giveaway. But she did say, um, excuse me, are you something something runs? I can't quite remember your handle. I said, no, that's me. I'm Mr. Steve Runs. And she said, oh, I, I love listening to your podcast. And it's the first time I've had someone who I don't already know say that to me. And it was so, so nice. Uh, it hits you in the right place in the feels. Um, as I say, unfortunately, I didn't get her name and I do hope that I follow her. But if not, let me know who you are. Uh, I'll send you a little goodie bag to say thank you. Uh, I've got some some podcast um, merchandise that I'm going to give out to people over the course of this season. And I think you're a great recipient for batch number one. So whoever you are, let me know 
and I'll arrange that. But it was so nice to meet you. It was so nice to speak to everybody on the bus. Um, nice bit of chat. But uh, yeah, a first in-person recognition for me. In a fear of overrunning the preferred hour length episode, I'm going to crack on and get on with my guest for this episode. This has been a while in the making, trying to get a date and time that worked for us both. But I'm so glad that we got to the bottom of it. It was actually last night that I did the interview I really enjoyed it. He was a little bit nervous going into it. He was worried that he felt he was quite monotone and he's been told that in the past. But no, I I loved speaking to him. And uh, yeah, as a whole, it's great to be able to share a little bit more about a company that I am an ambassador for. And of course, it's the one and only Ginger Foxes themselves, Active Root, and their managing director, co-founder, Will Townsend. We're kicking off season three's guests with one of my favorite fitness brands out there. And I'm not just saying that because I'm currently an ambassador for them, but it definitely influences my decision just a little. It is, of course, the ginger foxes themselves, Active Fruit. And who better to join me and wax lyrical about all that Active Fruit have going on than co-founder and managing director, Will Townsend. But as much as I'm looking forward to learning and sharing a little bit more about Active Root, I'm also keen to learn about how it all came about, Will's own fitness adventure, and ultimately what we can expect from a brand that appears to be ticking all the correct boxes with the running community. So let's just do that and welcome the man himself to the show, Will Townsend. Hello there. How's it going, Will? Uh, yeah, very well, very well. Yourself, you had a had a good week. It, really good. I'm I'm on tape part for the Amsterdam Marathon, so it's very relaxed and very tame. I've got a, a coach now, um, so I'm doing some more training than I have been recently. Uh, juggling life with two children under the age of four. Currently selling my house uh, and trying trying to run active route at the same time. So yeah, it's uh, quite exciting. So you're you're keeping your life uh, simple then, by the sense of it. Yeah, you're trying trying to uh, get get some get some training in, uh, in amongst all the other sort of slightly chaotic things. But I'm I'm managing to get to work and uh, do some training, and uh, also work on my sales pattern for sell, selling my house at the moment. So yeah, exciting. Feel free to to try and sell it on the podcast. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you say things like dual aspect, don't you? And uh, yeah. whatever that means. And, uh, uh, you know, kitchen, kitchen, living room areas and things. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a whole new, whole new, new world to me. But anyway, yeah, yeah, all, all's, all's very well. Am I right in thinking, um, oh, don't try to do a little bit of research uh, on you? You're, you're, you're very hard. You, there's not a lot about you online, a lot that I could find anyway. But am I right in thinking you're predominantly cycling based? Um, I, I'd say I'm probably coming from a running background originally, sort of in my twenties where I did, did a lot of, you know, things like marathons, half marathons, 10Ks. As I sort of progressively got slower, I uh, got into triathlon and cycling. Um, I like doing wacky events, you know, big sportives like the, the Fred Witten, um, done a, Iron Man, um, you know, you know, quite a bit of open water swimming. I like, 
and yeah, uh, I, I think you know I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of pigeonhole me as a cyclist, but uh, with 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 young children, you tend to sort of just do what you can, and my cycle to work is kind of my thing these days. So uh, I've kind of perfected my commute. Uh, you, you would say, so, yeah. Uh, in, in in a long answer to your question. Cycling is my thing now. Um, <laughs> but that's more through necessity than through necessarily um, main interest. Correct, yes, yes. But uh, as I say, I, I'm, I'm sort of trying to, now, now my children are slightly older, I'm trying to get back into running a bit. So uh, uh, in the sort of the, the network of active route, I know a coach who's training me online and uh, he's setting me sessions uh, for me to do, um, which include running and swimming and cycling. So yeah, it's uh, hopefully I'm going on a bit of a, a journey of improvement, uh, but we'll see. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Because you've, you've mentioned a lot of it there, though. Um, so I wanted to touch on to begin with was was a little bit about, about, your, about your background. And you, you were saying um, marathons and, and all that good stuff in your youth. Um, how, were you really sporty growing up uh, and it kind of just led into that? Or was that more of a in your early 20s, you decided I, I want to run marathons? So I was, I was quite a decent junior in cross country. Uh, for my my school, I, rep- I sort of represented uh, my school at a, a reasonable county level, and then it spectacularly dropped off. Okay. Uh, in my sort of mid-teens, um, but for all the usual reasons you can imagine. Then when I went to uni, I kind of got back into it um, and sort of ran ran for the uni, um, in you know all sorts of cross country kind of things like that, and. Yeah, then then I sort of uh, later on in my twenties, I got into you know more, more of the sort of five k up to marathon, and uh, yeah, yeah. So so you know, I suppose it is a, a running a running background uh, cross country uh, originally, and then it's just it's just kind of drawn arms and legs into into try into dual into to cycling. Um, it's, it's similar to myself, I suppose. I I, I ran for the school and um, kind of dropped off a lot, but then I took up cycling. Cycling was my main thing, and now now running. So I'm kind of slightly opposite to you there. But I don't have young kids to have to juggle life around, which is maybe a, a little bit of a bonus. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be that person on your podcast that sort of you know bangs on about having children, <laughs> dramatically changes your life and all of your you know, sort of running and, 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 you know, sport ambitions, but it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just the sort of lack of sleep that kind of destroys you. Um, <laughs> but I think when now they get ours, get a little bit older, I'm ho- as I say, I'm hoping to slowly get back into it. Uh, but, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy all of your training while you can. <laughs> <laughs> Without children. There's been plenty of time. That's it. You, you, anyone that's a parent, lack of time and, and lack of sleep. Yeah. Um. So, uh, then going to jumping forward to active route. At what point, when you're in your running, cycling, swimming adventure, did active route kind of raise its head? The whole idea and eventually the development. So I was doing the London Marathon back in I think 2015. I think it may have been, and um, it was a really, really—I can't remember exactly. It was a really hot one, 
and uh, I was really struggling with my um, hydration. I was in a bit of a state, gone off a bit too hard, and and all of the the, the products that were available, so a Lucozade on the course, were just making me worse. And I was just thinking, this is this is crazy that, that you know there can be all the, the only sports drinks that are available are just making me more sick. So anyway, I kind of got into experimenting with my own sports drinks and eventually I, I, I sort of hit on ginger uh, as a, a potential you know, you know thing to add to a sports drink to improve how your stomach feels. So, you know, a gin, ginger tea obviously has been around for, for thousands of years as a, as a way of soothing your stomach and also it's an anti-inflammatory. So I started putting it into sports drinks uh, along, along, alongside carbohydrates and electrolytes as a, as a normal sports drink would have. And then uh, we did a, a, a master's at Heriot Watt University um, with a, a sports scientist on the benefits of ginger. And we got some, uh, well, I wouldn't say clinical evidence, but sort of evidence that ginger does help your stomach uh, if you take, take it in a drink during during exercise so you know this kind of spurred us on and then what sort of sprang out of that were sports drinks electrolyte drinks uh, gels uh, energy chews all using the kind of uh, blueprint of ginger as a as a as a beneficial factor in each um, in each product so we kind of started it in 2017 and have been trying to sort of grow organically uh, since then um, and yeah it, it, that, that's kind of how, how, how it began really during during the london marathon spot on now I, I as as an ambassador i'm fully aware of a lot of the products anyway and the flavors um but yeah ginger ginger's the the main the main ingredient um you've got ginger the fox as the mascot um but you've also got other super ingredients like mint uh, as well and i'm a big fan of your 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 mint and ginger um electrolyte kind of additive drink uh, the flavor of that is just phenomenal especially when you're out for a run but then having the ability you're you're kind of unique on the market i would say that with your powders for for your gels you can customize them to your own needs your own thickness your own consistency uh, did, did that kind of just come about by, um, I suppose, the development, or was that like a conscious decision to go for something that was very different to the rest of the market? I think, you know, a lot, a lot of our starting points with a lot of our products are, it's a, you know, how can we kind of hopefully set ourselves apart a little bit compared to what else is out there and do things differently and, and better. And you know, you know, there's, there's obviously a, a lot, a lot of gels you can get out there that are in little pack in sort of standard packets that you use once and chuck away. So, you know, we, we kind of hit on this this idea of, of why don't we, we the the athlete carry it in a, a flask instead of you know just a single use um, packet, and you know, we, we, it kind of led from there and. And I, and I think like one, some, one of our ethos is, 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 is you know, trying to make things more environmentally friendly if we can, and you know you know the combination of that and and the sort of 
convenience of having three gels in one flask is kind of what led us down that path with um, with the powder, you know, because you mix it with water. And as you say, you know, you can mix it to a, a consistency that you, you, you prefer, so it could be thicker or thinner. Um, and the same, you know, we, we never really knew if it was going to take off or not, but we sort of tried it and people seem to like it and it's kind of got, you know, like gained some momentum over the last sort of three, two or three years really. And we're kind of sort of running with it and, you know, pe pe people are using it. So, you know, we're keeping going and that's kind of where that, where the gel mix came from, I suppose. It seems, seems to be very well loved, especially through the, the, the part of the community that I'm kind of part, kind of part of, as, a, as I say, a few customers, um, throughout the range of people that I know and uh, there's always really good comments about it but I, I'm also I also have this image of you though of, of when it was first created of being like something like a breaking bad kind of just making these concoctions in a kitchen and seeing what works and what doesn't yeah I mean I'm, I'm not going to claim I'm like some sort of you know chemist of, of sports nutrition but you know I, I know how to you know, I know what sort of carbohydrates that are required for a gel, and I know what I like to use myself, and, and what consistency it needs to be. And you know, we we, we get out and, and and make stuff and and, and test it with real athletes, um, and, and you know, get feedback. Um, and, that, and then obviously the the other side of it has to be functionally. Um, valid as well, so you know, it has to work. And so you know, we, we spent a lot of time sourcing um to equipment so like the the, the scoop that we use for our um, gel mix that scoop spot on uh, also is a funnel um so it fits neatly into a soft flask so it just means there's no, no mess so, you know hopefully it's you know not creating too much friction with uh you know preparing the pro the gel mix to take out with you on your your run um so yeah yeah it's, it's kind of you know the utility of the functionality and the and, and the kind of environmental thing go hand in hand really with gel mix, which I think you know people people are invested in now, whether whether you like it or not. People do care that yeah. you know you're not you know have a, you don't have a massive carbon footprint and you can do what you can to to minimise waste. And you know I think it's already happening with UK athletics that. Um, can't just throw away a, a gel packet into a hedge during an event. You know, it's not it's not the done thing anymore. And you know, I think there is a, a movement there, and people are looking for a product like Active Root Gel Mix mm -hmm. um, to, to to replace that single use gel packet. So hopefully, we're kind of providing people what what, what they need, and it, it's also better for the environment. Yeah, hope, hopefully it does. It starts a change within the market. Um, a, a lot of marathons, a lot of events, and uh, even from a cycling event, cycling back from a taps, um, you'd see cyclists try mm -hmm. to put the single use back into their their, their pocket, and then it would just drop out. You're, you're not going to stop and, and pick it up. So you see these scattered along the road, even full ones that have exploded. You see them in marathons, as you say, people just throwing them, and they do it inevitably end up in hedges, so the cleanup crew can't get them. But if you've invested yeah. in, a, in a flask and you, you are invested in refilling it, you're going to make sure that you take it with you and leave the, leave the event 
in a better situation than you than you kind of came in it at. Yeah, I mean, we, I was at the, the tour of the borders race a few weeks ago, and you know, there's a lot of saw a few people with gel mix, but then I saw obviously I saw a hell of a lot of people with high five gel wrappers. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, sometimes it's just accidental, isn't it? As you say, yeah. you try and put it back in your jersey back pocket, and it just you just don't falls out and it's gone yeah um, so yeah hopefully you know I mean I'm not going to sort of put a halo on our heads and say well, we're perfect but we're, we're sort of moving along the continuum towards a slightly better environmentally friendly product um, compared to what, what else is out there on the market even away from the gel mix you've also got your ginger chews which come in big kind of um, paper bags yeah, yeah, we brought we brought those out this year, and we offer a sort of paper. I mean, they they are sort of it's called oxy biodegradable packaging. So again, it's it, it does have a, a slightly water repellent film in it, which uh, we we say we offer the little bags that you can take out in your race vest or, or whatever you're doing if you, if you want to you have it have choose if you say you're doing an ultra. Um, so people seem to go for that as a you know, as a solution to, to, to sort of carry them when they're out when they're out doing doing their uh, event. Um, but yeah, the chews seem to seem to have again caught caught people's imagination a little bit uh, as a as an option for sort of fast energy. Um, and you know, they're quite they're quite fiery and a bit different. And, you know, <laughs> the ginger's a bit- definitely a bit fiery, but I I had the privilege of. You guys were awesome in sponsoring the the Who Dropped the Debra team that we had at Loch Ness 24, and you sent up a kind of range of different flavors, and it, they did go down really well. Unfortunately, we were going to try to get some video for you, but um, the weather was atrocious, and it wasn't kind of conducive for, heard, yeah. for good media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my word, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, been, it's been such an up and down season, hasn't it, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so lucky, I guess. And there was an event not not far kind of in advance of that where um, it was in Edinburgh and I'm pretty sure from an event sponsorship kind of running side of things, you guys were involved in and it was a horrendously hot day and I would have come in as a great relief to people to have a hydration um, specialist really there, nutrition hydration specialist there because yeah. oh, it just did not look pleasant at all weather-wise. Yeah, yeah, we've seen we've seen a bit of that this summer, haven't we? Some of the some of the heat waves and yeah, you know, like some some of them, like you know, we, we had to take tons of tons and tons of uh, barrels of water just to sort of ensure that we don't 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 run out. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, but then like obviously today the weather's horrendous in Scotland, so yeah. you know, you just <laughs> can't win. That win. Before we go on to uh, talk about maybe events and 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 that more directly. When it comes to product development, do you still have quite a a, a huge in, uh, kind of hand in it yourself, or do you have a team um, who kind of work on that for you? Is 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 it still in your, effectively in your kitchen, and, and you're having the, a, a big say on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 very involved in all all, all facets of, of the business. To be honest with you, I don't know if I'm a you know, micromanager or, or what, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're working on a few things sort of in the second half of this year. So um, we're trying to get feedback from all our customers about protein shakes, what type of type of 
and you know, you know protein protein they prefer etc and then then we're also looking at uh, flapjacks and uh, trying to to work out you know what, where to sort of take the product next but um yeah it's fascinating uh, what people say about about recovery drinks as a whole mm-hmm. uh, i was really surprised that you know uh, well wasn't particularly surprised a lot of people use them um you know use them straight after races and training so you need to get protein back in at that, that point very quickly and you know we're sort of looking at a product where you know you you get that protein and you also get ginger so you're getting you're getting sort of recovery um with the anti-inflammatory benefits of ginger and, ho- and hopefully you're recovering your muscles with the protein and it was also interesting um, a lot of people prefer milk-based protein yeah. drinks. Which I was quite surprised. I was thinking, you know, it might be a bit more of an eclectic mix, and it could be more of a vegan end of things. But yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, we're, we're kind of going through all it, all, all this, and looking at th- these sorts of products, new flavors. You know, we've tried a few new things this year with uh, sports drink flavors. So we may may try and bring those into slightly different products within within the range next year so yeah yeah it's quite an exciting time and and you know we're, I say we're, we're trying to do do as much as we can and continue to kind of kind of grow the business really oh that would be great because i i've i've used protein shakes and i'm not that muscular it's mostly mostly legs for me but i have used them um like you say, because if you if you if you've got someone who's maybe a vegan option, um, someone who people who like the milk kind of base, you, there's there's options there for development as well that kind of create a, a big market there for you, um, to to kind of approach. So that could be quite that could be quite cool. And like you say, if it's ginger and it's and it's protein, then that's a dual aspect. That's ticking two boxes exactly. that makes people's lives a lot easier. They don't have to make two drinks to to then try and recover. It's cute. It's curious as well. You've got like obviously bodybuilding protein, which has got 100% protein. Yeah. And you've got sort of more of a recovery drink, which maybe has about 30% protein in it. But then you have these sort of boutique products that are very high protein. And no, I'm, I mean, I'm probably wrong, um, but nobody seems to really know what the right amount of protein is in a, in a drink. No. Um, you know, it varies dramatically. Everyone just seems to think more is better. But yeah. It's not necessarily true. No. From what I've read, you know, you can't synthesize a load of protein. You know, say you, you just drink 100 grams of protein, your body's just going to go, nah, I can't, I can't absorb all that. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's where my mind straight away went to. I, um, my day, one of my day jobs, uh, an ex colleague of mine's partner works in medicine and, and um, uh, research and development. And he would always say to me, I'd be taking protein in the office because you can only take so much of that because at the end of the day, it's you're just going to pass it through your system. It's not going to absorb everything. So 100% protein or a high, a very high ones, they're not going to do anything. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a balancing act of what's best for for the, the end user as much as you don't want to then waste product as well. Then have, you, have, you, have you tried a, a vegan pea protein shake? <laughs> It's, it's very strange. Pea protein does not dissolve in water. Oh, but yeah, so I have it, then, it actually. I have tried it, yeah. 
It goes into suspension, and then if you leave it, it just drops to the bottom again like sand. <laughs> so the, the milk ones, even though obviously, you know, it's not for everybody, uh, uh, taste way better under dissolve. So you've got this kind of, you know, do you go for the thing that's going to create a subpar product, but it's vegan, or do you, you know, go for milk and you only get, you're, only, you're only satisfying half of the market? Yeah. So it's a tricky one, really. And maybe the, both is the answer it's the expert yeah it may both but it's the expiration as well of milk-based ones and um maybe it's just me maybe it's bad bad choice but sometimes the smell of the milk-based ones are horrible the flavors are nice but the, the smell's horrible <laughs> mm. yeah yeah so so, so, so yeah we're, we're, we're trying to make sense of the, of the feedback from, from customers and see see what what customers want really yeah. but as you say the sort of dual aspect of ginger for, for, for anti-inflammatory and the, the, the recovery element of protein. It feels like, you know, somewhere we might take active route next, but yeah, we'll see. Watch this space. Yeah. Um, so then moving on to uh, what we kind of touched on briefly, event sponsorship. You were saying before we hit record, mm. the, you've got two quite sizable events down south of the border, um, but you regularly have an, a number of events in, in, in Scotland as well. Can you talk yeah, a little bit more about them? Yeah, yeah we've, we've sort of try and try and work with local event companies up and down Scotland. Um, we have a an event rep uh, just based up in Fife who he, his wife go, go to events and we, we sort of provide drinks, you know, on course and at start finish. And, you know, as a, as a way of, introducing active route to people and providing a service ultimately to event companies you know we we, we like doing that and it's it's the best way of, of you know getting active route into the hands of the right people so we do we try and do a lot of that and um yeah we'll say we're up at um do, doing a scurry to the sea event later on in the month at, up at tents muir uh up above st andrews um and doing the Abingdon Marathon uh, down in Oxfordshire, which incidentally is the oldest marathon really? in the UK. Wow. Uh, Ostel was told by the organisers. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to those events because we're, we're going to be getting our energy chews out on, on the aid stations on course. So, yeah, we'll be providing drinks, uh, gels, uh, and, 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 and to choose so you know hopefully it was going to be a real outlet for people to you know fundamentally we're just making sure that they're um, well hydrated on the course but you know the choices that you know top up the energy um, support reserves as well so so yeah yeah so although the season's on the way and it's still still quite a busy time for for, for marathon marathon running isn't it uh, in october yeah uh, traditionally I was just looking there's the the York Marathon, the Dublin, um, yeah. So so there's, there's still a lot a lot going on, isn't there? There is. There's, there's York. Uh, York's next uh, next week. A week, yeah. So after this episode comes out, it's the following week. It's the same as Amsterdam. It's the same day. Um, yeah. The the kind of autumn autumn time is is a perfect time, I think, for marathon running because it's not too hot usually, and um, although you, you might get washed out a little bit, but uh, no, that's. That's a good, it's a good avenue to to kind of go in, and the more events you do, and the more publicity you get, the more events you're going to end up doing again. It's it's going to almost be a a, a rolling effect. 
team-wise, yeah. how are you set up for, for the size of a team to kind of control that? Or is that something that if it takes off and, and becomes more um, of a thing, well, how sustainable would that be for Active Route? I mean, we've got, uh, say, we, we have event reps. We have a, a, a sort of set of them in the, in the south of England, um, in the Midlands, in the north northeast. Uh, then, then, then some guys up in, up in five. So, and then myself as well. I, I sort of pitch in now and again. So I was at Linlithgow 10k um, a couple of weekends ago, and quite a big race there. A really good one actually. I don't know if you've done that one. I haven't, but I did see. Am I right in thinking you've got brand, you've got the the sponsorship or the the, the active label on the back of the t-shirt that went there? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, the we've one. supported that event for maybe three or four years now and it's grown quite quite nicely over the years. I think it's about a thousand do it now. So it's quite a decent decent size race and also a big sort of a junior race too. Um yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good one. Um good one to get involved with. They're already uh, booked for next year. I'll so uh, I, I, um, funnily enough I did see it. the only reason I know the T shirt is uh, someone I know who was at Linlithgow uh, ran the Baxter's Loch Ness Marathon at the weekend and he ran it in that t-shirt so it had active for it visible throughout the whole event until he came across the line and I, I kind of saw it like is that, is that a, a bespoke active root top but no it was the Linlithgow top yeah yeah it's a uh, I can't miss it bright orange I think so. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and then going again back to, to kind of more events base and, and and getting the name out there and, and people seeing you I, I think from other companies perspectives and um i didn't know about erdinger until i saw them at an event and now they're another one of my favorite brands going at the moment i think that's the that's a great way of, of having uh, people remember their memorable days when the race doesn't go so well they're still going to remember what was around them or when it goes great they're going to remember what was handed to them and what what worked for them and um all I can say is, is fingers crossed that it kind of keeps growing and uh, going down really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we were at a Sportif um, down in Cambridgeshire and, and Erdinger were there at, at that one. And, oh, mine's gone blank. It's uh, the, oh, what is it called? Anyway, anyway, yeah, Erdinger were there, we were there and, and you know, it's kind of, as you say, it's a, it's a good vibe to, to be to be around people who have just finished a race and that, you know, there's a lot of sort of you know, euphoric people. So yeah, yeah. That's kind of how we try to position active route really, that, you know, that it's useful for people during, uh, before, during and after. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. So as we, I'm going to draw almost to a, a bit of a close now, because um, I, I think unless you've got anything extra that you, you maybe want to add, um, um, I'm kind of drying up a little bit, so I don't want to prolong it too long. <laughs> um, but if, is, is there much that you 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 kind of thinking you, you would like to add? Um, I think we will cover a little bit just as we close about uh, discounts as well. Um, but yeah, is, is there anything you would like to add, sir? Um, I suppose I suppose in terms of new things, uh, we've just launched our. Um, Sort of hot, hot seasonal spiced uh, energy chews um, just yesterday. So, um, you know, it's just sort of a nice sort of change of flavour compared to our fruit fruit flavours that we have at the moment. Uh, 
it's in the same sort of vein as our hot spiced uh, winter warmer uh, drink. So, um, so yeah, that's just something something new to to touch upon. But no, I think I think I think we've kind of co- covered a lot of things there. Probably don't want to bore anyone's tears any longer. You just reminded me of something that. Um that your social media uh, face, Helen, has, uh, she she recommended someone uh, from her own account and it was hot water with one of your uh, additives. One of the, I think it was just pure ginger. And with winter coming up, I gave it a go. And it is so nice. I know it's really meant for maybe cold water, but it's, it's a great addition come the colder days in front of the fire, a bit of active root added into a bit of hot water. Um, dual, yeah, dual I mean, I mean, that, that's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, 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 that's a, Part part of our sort of recovery recovery products that that people you know it becomes more relevant for people this time of year when it gets darker and colder. You know, people like to do their session and come back and have a hot hot uh, active root. So yeah, we do. We, you can just use use your, your, your standard active root drinks, usually hot water, or you know. So we've got other sort of lemon and ginger, hot chocolates, uh, hot hot spice. Ginger, so you know, all sorts of different things you can enjoy enjoying your sort of hot hot drink side side of things. So b- before before I, uh, I I thank you uh, for coming on, do you want to share some codes? Uh, have you got any ready to hand, or do you want me to share my own? <laughs> They'll get uh, a nice bit of um, discount for anyone. Maybe maybe share share share, share, share your my own. one. Yeah, um, Stephen, yeah, if you, if you've got it. That is spot on. That thank you very much for taking time to come and speak to me today. Well, it's been it's been fantastic, and it's great to put a, a face to the name as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, always always uh, you know, keen to keen to get on and have a, have a chat with you. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. It was really good to be finally sharing a little bit more about ActiveRoot and having Will join me on the podcast. I've been trying for some time to get it to work, uh, get a time and date that works for both of us. So we finally got there and we can finally share the love about a brand that, yes, I am an ambassador for, but I am also a customer for. Whether you are an existing customer with ActiveRoot or you are new to the brand and you would like a nice 15% discount, you can use either of the following codes. Now, you can also check out the ActiveRoot profile or my own profile for these codes. They are there just so you can double check them, but you can use social15, that will get you 15% discount, or you can use my own code, which is 23steve15. And again, another 15% discount there available. You can't use both of them to get 30% discount off. Unfortunately, it's either one or the other. The social 15, I'm not sure how long that will last for, but my code will last for quite a while. So if that social 15 isn't available, gives the 23steve15 a go. Hop on over to their website at activeroot.co.uk. Check the shop out. As I say, if you're not a customer at the moment and you want to give them a go, I can highly recommend their taster packs or trial packs. You can usually get those at a really reasonable price and they also come with a soft flask and a water bottle. As Will mentioned, however, the market is quite saturated at the moment. So it's a bit of a battle 
for not only Active Route to kind of find their feet, but also from an end user point of view. It's trying to find something that works for you. I personally find Active Root works very well for me, especially the gel powders. And I do love the fact that you can customize it to your own tastes in regards to thickness. Um, works really well for me. Might not work well for you, but I would highly recommend give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you never know unless you try. On to episode two and what you can expect from that episode. I'm really looking forward to being able to share this one. I've been joined by an absolutely amazing young runner. She is being so consistent with her training. And of course, it's even better to be joined by someone else who is running the Amsterdam Marathon. Moreover, she will also be my episode three guest. So once the race has been run, I'll be able to digest and look back and give a great analysis of the event as a whole from a second perspective. Even though she had so much going on just now and we cover that in the interview, she made time to come and speak to me about how her training has been going and what her thoughts are in advance of the Amsterdam Marathon. That will of course be dropping next Friday and then I'll look forward to be able to share my feelings, my thoughts, my analysis with Rachel for episode three and then sharing those with everybody in the week following that. Before I leave you for the first episode, I want to share a little project that I've been working on and in fact there are two episodes out already. It's a little project that was influenced by a previous guest to the show, Personal Best, and his sidekick, Colin the Swan. I've had Al's approval on this little project. And as I say, there are two episodes already out on Apple and Spotify and all the other good places. But I have written and recorded two children's stories uh, featuring Al, the gentle giant, and Colin the Elegant Swan. These stories do feature elements that are associated with running and with Al as a whole. So, so far we have Al learning how to tie his shoelaces and in the more recent episode, which just came out this week as well, Al learns how to run and Colin features heavily in both teaching Al all the good stuff and all the lessons that can be learnt from friendship. It is certainly something a little bit different, not so much for anyone that doesn't have kids, but if you're struggling to sleep and you would like a little bit of audio to help you drift off, give it a check and see what you think, but especially to those with younger children. You can find them by searching Big and Feathered, Al and Colin, but I will also be linking it in the profile description. It'll also be on the Point 99 podcast website as well. Now on that, you can find us at thepoint99podcast.com where you can catch up with season one and season two. All episodes are linked directly to Spotify, but we also have an inbuilt episode player. You can also see links to our collaboration with Twisted Running with regards to merchandise. 
we are still in communication with Twisted to maybe expand the range just that little bit more, bring in some new designs and bring in some new products. There's a contact form there as well, so you can get in contact with me directly. In addition, there's also a blog which will be receiving a second post uh, shortly, maybe this week, maybe next week. It's just taking me a little bit of time just to be happy with the edit on that. To directly follow the podcast, check us out on Instagram at the point 99 podcast. Uh, drop us a follow. Let us know what you think in the DMs. You can also find us similarly on Facebook at the point 99 podcast and give us a follow there. Otherwise, I could only encourage you to like and comment and subscribe on any of the podcast listening platforms that you use. It helps so much in getting it out to a wider audience. And the final message here is if you do want to get in contact and you don't want to use any of those avenues, you can email us at the point. 99podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, that's it for this episode. It has been fantastic to be joining you once again. I do hope you're all in good health and good spirits. But until episode two rolls around, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you'll hear from me soon.